0: 10, 15. Back up field to the 35, to the 40. 45, 50. That's the 50.
1: 35, 40. That's the 30. To the 20. It's a- Hello again everyone and welcome to the Old College Try. This is your host Tim Highland and joining me as always is my co-host Mike Onger. Mike, it's fall.
0: It certainly feels like it. My feet are cold, the tip of my nose is cold and I got a little <laughs> tickle in my throat. Oh no. And, and, and I'm not complaining.
1: <laughs> it's the best time of the year, Mike. Um so here we are. We are now in the 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 depths. We're week week 5 of college football, Mike.
0: A third of the season the regular season is over and people are uh starting to transfer
1: (laughs) and we'll get there later but again you say week five that sounds like that's mid-season mike
0: uh and that's what makes college football so great the regular season is of utmost importance and and it flies by like no other season i mean To contrast it, while I'm doing this podcast, I'm watching a Baltimore Orioles-Toronto Blue Jays game, and it seems like the baseball season started in about uh, 2017, I would say. And yet this is
1: the same season. Your loyalty is very impressive, though. I'll tell you that much, Mike. (laughs) Thank
0: you. I also just have loyalty to baseball. I could just watch a baseball game at any time of the year. And nothing. The stakes have to be zero. It's just something I can just watch. All right. So, Mike. Some people the, watch, you know, nature shows. Some people watch Fox News. I can watch baseball.
1: At the risk of uh, indicating to our audience that you're not an informed expert in the game, can you explain your weekend to college football, Mike? <laughs>
0: well, this happens uh, every yeah, I'd say two or three times during a college football season, and that I don't get to see a ton of games. I was on a golf trip this weekend, Southern Maryland. It was. Beautiful, beautiful weather. Played a round of golf on Friday. Did watch a little bit of the Friday night games. Um, Then we woke up and played on Saturday as well. I played one of the best rounds of my life, shot in 85. Mm. Drove back. um, Got home in the late afternoon, and I did watch, of course, the Georgia-Notre Dame game. But uh, of all the weeks so far this season, this was definitely the least amount of college football I watched. Were you on but the don't worry, eastern- Tim. I watched game day uh, recorded. I watched some of the Indiana-UConn game recorded. And, of course, the most important resource for this show, college football final.
1: Did you uh, play golf on the eastern shore?
0: Uh, western shore. We were on the, the southernmost part of the western shore down in a town called Leonardtown, Maryland.
1: Wait, that's how far south that is, like from um, South County. We used to cover South County, Mike.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It's probably about an hour plus. Uh, oh, down, down there, yeah, it's it's pretty far down. I mean, there there are a lot of Mennonites there, which we did we didn't know. I mean, driving to the course, we saw lots of horses and buggies. Yeah. Uh, on the road, um, and a lot of working farms, tobacco farms that uh, you could smoke. Uh, everywhere pretty much in the clubhouse and such down there but uh it's uh it's a different uh they call it lower slower and uh but we had we had great weather we really really looked out that way
1: outstanding like so for folks who don't know again not in the western shore i can't comment on that eastern shore is one of my favorite places on the planet i love the eastern shore
0: there's it is yes the, the western shore is very similar although it's um, a less less kind of quaint and more kind of working class is the way I would describe it. Although, of, <laughs> Very course, good description. of course, there are there are lots of, you know, working fishermen and, and crabbers and such on the eastern shore as well. But not as many vacation spots or cute little towns, I think, on the western shore.
1: So that being said, Mike, are you ready for the week in review?
0: I am. I've, I've done my homework. I've read and I've watched my uh,
1: materials. How about USC 30, number 10, Utah 23. What do you think, Mike?
0: Uh, Well, this is one of the games that was on in our Airbnb. And so I I caught parts of this as the Friday evening unwound. And uh, great story with the third string quarterback coming in, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. a huge win for Clay Helton. I think it was the storyline for this game for me was, you know, Utah had been attracting a lot of dark horse college football playoff chatter. And I think that was proven somewhat preposterous
1: right and at this point too so again one of the big storylines heading into the season was that you know the pac 12 before the season even started except for utah was kind of looking from the outside in on the playoff situation right so this loss for utah is significant crushing the the league right now does seem to be wandering in the wilderness a little bit um Saying that, I do think the pressure on Clay Hilton has been totally unfair. I think um, you look at what's happened at UCLA, and we'll get into that game later, obviously, but um, the that same pressures that are making UCLA not what they were you know, 20 years ago are the same pressures that are making USC not what they were 20 years ago. It's It's a different time, and I don't just see across the board in the pac-12 the kind of commitment it would take to compete with the alabamas and clemsons and ohio states and oklahomas of the world you know what i'm saying mike
0: definitely definitely but i think for the pac-12 i mean this in kind of the the the, the, um micro sense this hurt the pac-12 but I think in, a, in the macro sense, the Pac-12 obviously needs USC to be good. And I, I actually read something on the internet, so you know it's uh, of the True. utmost value. Yeah. Uh, er, er, the Urban Meyer to USC uh, <laughs> grumblings. He's replacing uh, Tony Dungy and, and John Gruden as the, the the one coach that everybody wants.
1: The only one better than that is the Urban to USC is the Phil Farmer Tennessee rumors. I love those, yeah, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, number three, Georgia 23, Notre Dame 17. I caught the end of this game. First of all, um, and I, I don't say this to be disparaging to Georgia, and I can't speak from personal experience. You you can. Um, speaking strictly in the context of the SEC, okay, I don't think you would put Georgia in the top two or three atmospheres in the conference. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, But everything I heard about this game was that for this game, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. Um, Beyond that, the game was fantastic. I think Notre Dame played a great game. I think they played a great, great game. Um, And I do give them the credit. Look, Notre Dame, you travel on the road to play Georgia. I think we all can be Georgia's top four team. And then you follow up this week with a top 20 Virginia team. People hate Notre Dame. I get that. They play a great schedule. They really do.
0: Well, they play big name schools, and a lot of seasons, uh, you know, they can't control whether the schools are having up or down years. Right. Uh, that seem that that seems to to get them sometimes. First of all, I do not agree with you that Georgia is not a top atmosphere in the SEC. I mean, I'd have to put LSU at number one, and of course, I haven't been to, to Bama or Auburn, but I've. I've been to Georgia, I've been to Tennessee and Georgia it looked incredible on game day. The crowds that they had out there, the weather. UGA is a top 2 mascot, I would say. He's in the top 2 or 3 mascots. Who's um,
1: the other top 3 in that mascot list, Mike?
0: Well, Mike, the Tiger. I mean, he's a tiger. That's that's incredible. And who else?
1: Um, that's a good question. Maybe Bevo. I think Bevo—it's a large animal, and yeah—and
0: I I love the way Bevo, among all the animals or uh, animal mascots, he just stands there like a statue. (laughs) I I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, that game was awesome, though. Great college football game because it had defense. Right. That's something you don't really see in college football anymore. I watched most of the end of this game at the inside pitch with noted listener Brent um, and his lovely girlfriend J. A. and noted listener Spencer. And uh, I love the way that both these teams played defense. Notre Dame did not go away. They played a very, very tough game. But as we say, year in and year out, now that they have the one loss without being in a conference, they it was it's almost like losing one and a half games for Notre right. Dame. Right, it is. It truly because is. because they're not yeah. in a conference. And uh, but I give credit to them. And both teams both teams played well. It's just kind of a fun old school college football game to watch.
1: Number four, LSU 66, Vandy 38. Again, you've been doing a Vandy, Mike. So my understanding here was that the Vandy Stadium, I forget what it's called, was basically taken over by the LSU fans, which is not surprising, of course, right?
0: No, the LSU fans were buying Vandy season tickets <laughs> simply to go to this game. Um, ninety. I heard. I heard estimates on the radio that as many as ninety percent of the fans in the stands were were rooting for LSU. That's terrible. Did you see the purple LSU uh, uniforms? Just spectacular for this game. Awesome. Yeah, but, uh, LSU is such a juggernaut. Of course, I had the Tigers as my lock of the week. Got the win. They easily covered the twenty-three point spread. Um, and they their offense looks just completely unstoppable right now.
1: Are you buying Joe Burrows?
0: Oh yes, I'm definitely buying Joe Burrow. I think the new, the new passing game, the the wide receivers that they have, um, the confidence he's playing with. I've I'm I've bought him.
1: He does seem like a somewhat uh, odd personality, Mike, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> he does, but he seems very confident. In all the interviews I've heard with him, he, he seems very calm and collected and and confident. And uh, I I think LSU just seems to be on a massive roll right now.
1: And as I've said before, you know, Mike. I I believe this game is a confidence game, right? It really is. Yes. Um, Hold on one second, Mike. I'm sorry. Um, Number six, Ohio State, 76, Miami, Ohio, five. (laughs) I love that score by Miami, Ohio, five. (laughs) And the issue here is, for me, um, more than anything else is, and I know – we're framing this in the context of Miami-Ohio, okay? That being said, Ohio State looks really good right now. And they do look miles ahead of the Big Big Ten. And I know they've got, in theory, a test this week against Nebraska. I know Nebraska's not great, but going to that stadium with that crowd, it could be an issue yeah, we'll, or whatever. We'll, we'll um, see. Are you, are you with me that Ohio State is a huge leap ahead of everyone else in the Big Ten.
0: Yes, I am. Uh, you know, I, I, I obviously the, the the closest team to them is Wisconsin, but Justin Fields had, what, six touchdowns in the second quarter in this game, I believe? Yeah. Um, I, I'm happy, though, that Miami of Ohio scored oh, half as many points as Indiana did against the Buckeyes, so that bodes well for IU. But you're not going to learn much uh, about Ohio State from playing Miami of Ohio. And I'm not convinced you're going to learn a lot about Ohio State uh, this week coming up at Nebraska, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later.
1: I just think it's an interesting game. I I think it is. The Nebraska fans will show up and they'll like. Oh,
0: they def they definitely will.
1: And Scott Frost will make a thing of it. Um, and it would be the first time Ohio State's been kind of really tested the year against a team that has like somewhat of a modicum of similar talent, <laughs> right? <laughs> Somewhat being yeah. the key word there. <laughs> How about uh number eight Auburn twenty-eight, number seventeen AM twenty. Now, now this game I saw quite a bit of. Um I, I was impressed not. by both teams. I think both teams played a, a good game. I was very impressed by Auburn. I think Auburn is a legit contender right now. Um you know the pressure on the Auburn situation being in the same state as Bama, of course, is ever present to me, that's a good win. That's a good win on the road. And they, again, AM played well, but Auburn controlled the game, I thought.
0: Yeah, Auburn's defense seems to be very, very impressive. Uh, they held uh, Texas A&M to, what, 56 yards rushing, I believe was a figure, uh, winning in a stadium where there are 102,000 uh, hostile fans. That's not like Vanderbilt. You know, 101,500 of those fans are probably rooting for Texas A&M. Uh, but that's a great win, yeah. and and now with wins at Texas A&M and, and a neutral site against Oregon, those are probably two of the best wins any team has at this point in the season. Right. So right. confidence has to be high in Auburn.
1: Number 9, Florida 34, Tennessee 3. First of all, I'm not sold on Florida as a top-10 team still. To, I mean, we said it before, Tennessee is a train wreck. They are bad, and I would put them – potentially in the power five, Mike, you have to put them in like potentially the bottom 10 of the whole thing. They are a terrible football team. I
0: I would say definitely the, but now two guys who sounded like you and I last week made some, made some ill-advised comments. And we thought possibly this could be a close game, right? Rivalry game, 14 point spread. We thought maybe the Vols would show up, but they absolutely did not. It's going to be very interesting this week to see, which team Florida has a harder time with, whether it was Tennessee or whether it was this week's opponent for the Gators, the Towson Tigers?
1: <laughs> yes. Big game there, Mike. Huh?
0: Big game. Big game. Gators favored by 37. I'll take uh, to you in the points.
1: What's funny, so Mike, now that we're very, very old, so when we were in college, Florida Tennessee was one of the Big, perhaps the biggest rivalry in college football remember that
0: oh yeah Peyton Manning and Steve Spurrier you, can, you know, there weren't two bigger names no it, it, it,
1: Phil Fulmer the rest of it I mean like this was a really important game and to see it where it's at right now it's kind of sad but it happens uh number 13 speaking, speaking
0: of kind of sad <laughs> what's that your, your your key intro to this next game
1: <laughs> why Michigan football. That's oh kind yeah. <laughs> Number 13, Wisconsin, 35. Number 11, Michigan, 14. So the first half of this game, I was coaching Joey. Uh, big one this week, Mike. 3-2 or Philly Soccer Club. Big, big win. Um, Congratulations. So since you watched the first half, and I saw the second half, which was like, at that point, it was a settled issue. From what I heard, it was just utter domination from Wisconsin. It was complete
0: and utter domination. 28-0 at the half. 35-14 does not even begin to tell the story of what domination it was from Wisconsin. They ran the ball at will. Michigan could do nothing on offense, as they've been able to do nothing on offense the whole season. But the thing that people are forgetting about Michigan is their defense has not been very good right. since really kind of the end of last year. Remember how they got torched by Ohio State? They've not been good on defense since then, and they just couldn't stop Wisconsin. We, we when we talked about Michigan Army, which we both watched a lot of, we you know we we commented how it was disturbing. You know, obviously. The Army's offense is difficult for any college defense to stop. But the most disturbing part was Michigan could not run the ball. Their offensive line was getting beat by Army, and so imagine what happened when they went up against Wisconsin. It was just utter domination. And to watch the dejected Jim Harbaugh in the in the um, post game interview talk about how we just got outplayed in all facets, out coached, outplayed. That's it. And I mean dejected doesn't even begin to 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 describe the look on his face and the way his voice sounded. If I were a Michigan fan, I, I might I might feel worse being a Michigan fan than a Tennessee fan right now.
1: My thought with Michigan right now is look like, look, I don't doubt that Jim Harbaugh was um, a good hire for them. I do wonder if he peaked again in, in 07 the issue for Michigan is the same issue. I've talked about this before. I do wonder if they're closer to being Nebraska than they mm-hmm. are Ohio State. Oh Nebraska. yeah, well
0: there there's no need to wonder about that. They are closer to being Nebraska. They're nowhere near being Ohio State. They're not even near being Wisconsin. Right. It's just it's fascinating.
1: Uh, Mike, now here was to me was the game of the day. Yeah. And again, I I will admit. I was supremely confident, and I think many others were in the world of gambling, about um, UCF of the week. Comp, comp, easily covering against Pitt. I give Pitt so much credit in this game for so many reasons. Pitt, 35, number 15, UCF, 34. Pitt gets out to, what, a 28 nothing lead, I believe? 21 nothing um UCF comes roaring back takes I think a nine point lead in the third quarter and you think like oh this game's over right yep oh definitely to Pitt's credit man what a great comeback and what a great win um I don't know what to make of this game I think UCF is an excellent team I don't know what to make of Pitt but you have to give Pitt credit that was a great win
0: it was an unbelievable win for Pitt I love that Narduzzi called the play the Pitt special. That's great, like Pitt-Philadelphia <laughs> rivalry, just stealing yeah. their play and calling it the Pitt special. But uh, it was fun to see how fired up he was after the game. It was, The Pitt kids treated it like a Super Bowl, basically. Um, and, and for UCF, this is a catastrophic loss. They, This is the kind of loss people will talk about three years from now. If if they if they go undefeated the rest of this year, then they go undefeated again next year. Of course, they won't be anywhere near the playoff. People will still talk about this loss, even though it's next season. They'll say, "Well, they lost to Pitt." Um, so, we'll, you know, the, the story. Pitt, of course, played Penn State very tight. Pitt could, right. who knows? By the end of this season, Pitt could be an outstanding team. You know, they could be a, in the in the scope of the ACC. But it was a very very fun game. If you're UCF, obviously you have to win all your games to, to have any national relevance, and they, they no longer do.
1: I, mean, I don't think we know how good Pitt is. I will say this. Defensively, at least, they're pretty good. They got yeah. some athletes there. Yeah. Um, this one, Mike. So I caught some of this because I was at a Russian nightclub late that night. and then. You whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa why were you at a Russian nightclub
1: we'll get into it later Mike we'll see yeah.
0: <laughs> and I love how a Russian nightclub was showing the UCLA Washington State game so, I guess the state of Washington is pretty close to Russia huh
1: usually I wouldn't have seen this game but um, UCLA 67 <laughs> number 19 Washington State 63 UCLA was down by what 35 points in this game 42-17 late in the third, in the third quarter. quarter and came late. all the way back. First of all, that's a very Washington State loss. We can agree on that, right? Um, but what a massive lift for Chip Kelly at UCLA because it looked so bad. And, again, you have to give those kids – you're down 35 points in the third quarter and you come back? That's amazing. And
0: you're 0-3. You're I mean, human nature is just to quit at that point. Right. I guess that's why they're Division One athletes and we're doing a podcast about it. Um, but 50 points in the last 19 m- minutes is is just – of course, I didn't see any of this game. I just saw the highlights. And from what I saw, it was the opposite kind of defense as we we, we witnessed in the Georgia-Notre Dame game. Missed tackles everywhere. Guys running you know, completely free. But – kudos to ucla and those kids for not giving up in that one that was uh that was an insane game 1400 yards of offense the washington state quarterback throws nine touchdowns in a losing effort
1: do you think this changes anything for chip kelly at ucla or is just like a a one-off
0: i think it's just a one-off it was kind of a fluky thing with the turnovers the punt return and you know we'll see as the season unwinds again as the season unfolds again but uh it, it, you know, it, it's a hell of a moment for him. At least, you know, at least you, you got to figure now the players will be listening to him more of practice, right? They'll have a little more pep in their step. When they're down next time, they won't give up. Uh, so it, it could be a little bit of a cha- game changer for the for the Bruins. We'll see.
1: So this game was a fun one. So this is a game I listened to on – so as listeners know that you and I both enjoy our serious XM college, right? Yes, so we love So on it. Saturdays, what they do is this great thing where it's like – they have the host in the studio, and they just like throw to different games, like mm. what's happening in different games. So I'm driving home from Joey's soccer game, and I'm listening to you, to the uh, Cal Ole Miss game. First of all, Cal Ole Miss, what a wonderful cultural class that that is, right? That's yeah. just fantastic. <laughs> Turns out the game is was an amazing game, and I heard the last five minutes of the game. Number twenty three, Cal, twenty eight almost 20 and almost had a chance at the very end and was like on the doorstep of tying it up it just could do it um so the guy I was listening to on Sirius Mike was he's the radio guy from the band is on the field is still calling the Cal games
0: you're kidding me no he's, he's the same guy <laughs> that was 39 years ago
1: right and but but I tell you that every play, his voice rises to a level of the band is on the field.
0: <laughs> I would love to hear him call that goal line stand for Cal to win the game. You know, on the, Ole Miss was at the one, I believe, right? They couldn't get it in. But what's better, be, what's be better the is, is
1: so he has his moments of joyous celebration. Oh,
0: the band is on the field!
1: <laughs> or like, just like, there's a pass interference on the field! Like, <laughs> But also, his just, you can tell after god knows 37 years of calling cal football the undercurrent is we're, we're going, going to lose,
0: lose. <laughs> yeah, <but> he's, <laughs> he's see more losses than wins for sure <laughs>
1: so i i mean i tell you i'm like driving to joey's game i'm like oh my god i'm listening to the band on this field guy and he was so great it was fantastic mike
0: that's awesome i'm gonna have to seek out a cal game to listen to on the radio uh they play <laughs> Arizona State, this Friday, a 10.30 Friday kickoff. I'm going to listen to some of that on my roof.
1: Yeah, you you really must, Mike. All right. um, Are you prepared for the AP Top 25, Mike?
0: I'm always very prepared for the AP 25. Nothing is more important than the AP rankings.
1: It is a funny thing where it's like, uh, it's a thing that we follow because we grew up being college football fans who followed the AP Top 25. It used to mean everything,
0: and now it means nothing. There's, it means nothing. There's, no, but it's, there's it's, no time, and there's no place in the middle for it.
1: No. All right. We will start, as always, in the best part of this thing, which is the others receiving votes. No, no. We'll start, Mike. How about this? Guess who dropped from the rankings? Uh, I know Michigan didn't. Three big names. Wazoo, Arizona State, and TC were all gone, Mike.
0: Uh, But I can't believe Michigan's still ranked.
1: Right. Others receiving votes. Tulane, one vote. Now, did you see any of the Houston-Tulane game? I did not. I saw the highlights afterwards. What an ending.
0: I saw it live. I watched almost all that second half of that game. They deserve that one vote for the one play call, of course. The fake (laughs) kneel down that they hand off to the guy who gets about 20, 25 yards to get them in range. Next play, bam, for a touchdown. With three seconds remaining, pandemonium at Tulane Stadium, which coincidentally I visited um, earlier this year when I was in New Orleans in March. We uh, I stayed uptown and walked around the Tulane campus and poked uh, poked my head in the stadium. Nice little stadium down there. Tulane would be a fun program to play at if you're going to play at that level in my opinion you're in new orleans it's a pretty campus in uptown new orleans you got a nice little stadium i'm a i'm a green wave fan although i don't know why they were wearing blue but that was an insane win for Tulane, and it could have been a program changer for houston right
1: right um i'll just say this i'll run through real quick some of the others receiving votes uh wake forest love them okie state smu army memphis iowa state appy state washington state Mississippi State, Mizzou, Pitt, Minnesota, Arizona State, Colorado, Tulane. There you go, Mike.
0: Appy State beats North Carolina. You don't want to play Appy State no, if who, you're who a does? Power 5 team. Who
1: does? No. Never. Um, here we go. 25-20. to 20, Sparty, K-State, Texas A&M, UCF, USC, and Michigan. Barrett at 20, Mike.
0: Uh, who has Texas A&M beaten to warrant their uh, ranking?
1: They have Jimbo, so that's why they're there. That's Yeah, the, well, they, they get 100,000 fans. That is impressive. Right. Uh, 19 through 15, we got Utah, Virginia, Washington, Boise State, Cal. I love that Cal being a 15. It's great. Uh,
0: um, you got some chaos slash commotion going on in the back of your
1: studio there, Tim. They're watching Downton Abbey into the room, Mike.
0: Oh, okay. Great great—a uh, sound setup you have there. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I, I think I'm happy that Boise State is ranked. I think Boise State is very good.
1: How about 14 through 10? we got Iowa, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, Notre Dame.
0: A little nugget on Penn State that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about the Maryland game. Fourth worst third down conversion team in the country. Penn State will lose this week at Maryland Mike. It's going to be a very, very close game.
1: Right. How about uh, 9 through 5, Florida, Wisconsin, Auburn, Oklahoma, Ohio State.
0: Those are all powerful. The only team I wouldn't be scared. Florida seems like they're out of place there. But oh, uh, absolutely. All, yes. the rest of them are very good teams.
1: And 4 through 1, LSU, Georgia, Bama, and Clemson. Right. Yawn. <laughs> All right. Quickly, news items. This is the worst case scenario. You know, my favorite rivalry in the country now is the Cyhawk trophy. And it may be ended because of the Iowa State's fans alleged abuse of the Iowa band. Mike, we can't have this.
0: No, we can't. And we hadn't. It, it, this is harkens to an earlier incident, right, with the band. Uh, the Miami-Florida game, there was an incident involving the band. What, what's going on with these bands? Leave the bands alone and right, bands just leave they're, everybody else They're playing else
1: their instruments and, like, bands are important. Just let them play their – What's the story here?
0: I saw this on the
1: uh, on the agenda and I, I had not heard about this. So the issue is that – in so the day after the game, Iowa sent a message to the Iowa State Athletic Department saying, you know, our band reported being abused during the game – Iowa State responded, and it was just like a very classic instant rivalry thing, saying like, you know, there's no substance to this, basically, like. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <right>? <laughs> this is great. Next year's next year's Cy-Hawk game is going to be better, and we'll be there.
1: So then the Iowa AD responds, saying, "Well, if our students can't be protected, there's no point in us playing this game anymore." So they now should it's have a a, they different should settle level.
0: it with a wrestling match in the middle of a cornfield.
1: And look. Iowa, Iowa, State wrestling is no, no joke. No, I right. know, right? <laughs> so, but it's like, oh my God, that, what a great thing for Iowa State to host the game, and God knows what happened. Like, who, who knows what happened? Yeah. But like, if people did abuse the band, like, what kind of person abuses the band, Mike?
0: A lot of people in this country would yeah, abuse the band, sadly. But let's uh, just hope that this is uh, resolved amicably, so we can go next year.
1: Exactly. Um, meanwhile, this is a. This one I can't even... like. I have not yet wrapped my mind around. Yeah, me so, too. Right. So at Houston, Eric King, the quarterback, right? How do I explain this? So the, a new rule this year is... Or last year. Last you year. can play four games and then be redshirted. So you can appear in four games and still keep your redshirt for the next year. DeAric King and one, one other star player on the team has decided they've played four games and they think the team is basically not good. They are going to redshirt and then come back next year. <laughs> okay? This has caused much discussion up in our world of college football about why and what this means going forward and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, I, again, I, I still haven't totally kind of formulated in my head what this actually means I do tend to side on the side of the players because of the ones actually doing the work, right? The coaches are the ones getting paid $6 million a year to coach the team. And if D.R. King thinks, you know what, it's better for me to take the year off and play next year, more power to him. What is your take on this whole thing, Mike?
0: My take is very similar to yours in that I I just don't know what to make of it. I think, first of all, they're – This is the definition of law of unintended consequences. When they changed this rule, all the coaches loved it, right, because they didn't want to burn people's red shirts, you know, if they had to play for three plays or something like that. Um, And it was also kind of framed as beneficial to the players, right? You know, you could play, and if you sell, you weren't going to play. You could transfer like Kelly Bryant did last year. I think they didn't envision someone like Kelly Bryant, like a star starting quarterback, moving, and I'm certain that they didn't envision someone saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a redshirt year now, a star like Derek King, their quarterback, and go, and then come back to the program." I mean, who knows? why he, while he's doing it, a he could he could be lying. I don't know not hate the word lying. A he could he might not come back to the program. We have no idea if he, that's that's a long way away, right? Right. Number two, your first thought is. I agree with you. you. You you want to side with the players. But, you, you know, I might, one of my first thoughts was, well, how can he do this to to the team? Like, imagine if you're a senior with no more eligibility and you're starting quarterback. The best player in your team says, I'm just going to sit out the next year because it's better for me. That's got to hurt the team aspect, right? Um, but then I heard people speculating on the radio, you know, what if what if uh, he want, you know, and this one's kind of laughable. But what if it what if he's doing this for academic reasons? <laughs> what if what if he's That's gonna gra- what if he's gonna graduate uh you know what if he wasn't gonna graduate and he needs a scholarship this way it gets him another year of eligibility i have no idea what to make of all this then there was you know there's speculation what well, he realizes he's not going to be an nfl quarterback he wants to come back as a receiver he needs a year and a half to transition into becoming a receiver there is a lot to, to kind of unwind with this one and I haven't begun to do it all yet, but I do know if I was a Houston player or a fan of Houston football, I'd be very upset.
1: It's a definitely a very again, you, your point is actually correct. It's like these rules are put into place to address one issue and creates a next issue.
0: Absolutely. Right? And no no one I guarantee you no one was thinking of a scenario like this. No. All
1: right, Mike, games of the week, you ready? Ready. Number 12, Penn State at Maryland, 8 p.m. Friday, FS1. First of all, I have to ask you a question. So when I put our little uh, schedule together for the podcast, mm-hmm. I go to the ESPN like schedule page, right? And I just pull the info, um, game, time, network, and location. For this one, so when I was, I was a, a, a grad student at Maryland, Mike, and I had attended a game there, um, it was called Bird Stadium, but on the ESPN site, it listed it as Maryland Stadium. Is that it true? It is no longer. It is no
0: longer named Bird Stadium. They changed the name two or three years ago. Uh, Mr. Bird had some oh a, a, a checkered pad. This happened in light of all the Confederate monuments coming down. Oh, okay. And, of course, Maryland has a complicated history when it comes to slavery and its racial history. It a was very not confused part of, history from Maryland, It was yeah. not part of the Confederacy, <laughs> um, but it was a slave-holding state. Um, many people in the state were Confederate sympathizers, again, of course, but it never left the Union. Blah, 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 blah. The place is called Maryland Stadium now.
1: So bird has gone entirely?
0: Bird is gone. He's been erased from the history books at Maryland. I'm just kidding,
1: again. I am not like the most engaged alumni of Maryland, Mike. And right. I'm, I seem I'm on board with this idea of changing to Maryland Stadium, but like was there pushback or did Maryland fans not really care?
0: And Maryland fans did not really care. There was almost no pushback whatsoever.
1: <laughs> that seems pretty much on par. So, yeah. Anyway, for the game, um I do believe even taking into account Maryland's, you know, less than fantastic performance against temple i think my experience at maryland was that for whatever reason maryland fans really do hate penn state they hate them greatly and the game is sold out as of today i think penn state's walking into a tough atmosphere oh definitely for a first time starting quarterback like sean clifford if they don't get off to a good start this game is definitely an issue for Penn State. I think Could, Mar- I, I would lean towards Maryland winning this game.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. For Penn State's favored by six and a half. I'm definitely taking Maryland on the points. This is going to be a great atmosphere. I mean, they're 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 letting students out early. Uh, they cla- they cancel classes the entire they, day. They they cancel class oh, the, the entire day. Okay, I didn't realize it was the entire day, but I knew they were they were at least canceling some of the afternoon. It's going to be a nightmare for anyone who's not a student to attempt to get to a football game in College Park uh, on a Friday night. If you are from this area or, unfortunately for you, have driven around the DMV, as they call it, um, on a rush hour on a Friday, you can't get anywhere in less than like two hours. That being said, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. As you said, sold out. Uh, the you know a little luster was taken off of this matchup by Maryland losing to Temple, but I think that might even Help refocus them. them. Yes, right. it might even refocus them. Penn State's offense has looked like pretty anemic, hasn't it? And, yes. Uh, Maryland's offense, I think, at home will be much more comfortable than it was in in an empty stadium in Philadelphia. So I too am going to call for Maryland to uh, to win this game. And by the way, this is a quick aside. A couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about the number of Power 5 schools that Game Day has yet to visit. And I went back and confirmed that. It is 10. 10 Power 5 schools Game Day has yet to visit. Maryland is one of them. Of course, they wouldn't have come to this one because it's on a Friday night. But uh, I'm going to be very, very excited to watch this game.
1: Rutgers at number 20, Michigan, <laughs> noon BTN. And on the other
0: end of the spectrum.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? the for, like? So, again, I have been to Michigan. The big house it, is big, okay? We can all agree it's big. You wouldn't put it in the realm of, like, what an amazing atmosphere, okay? It's it, kind of notoriously quiet, isn't it? I have not been there. Very, very quiet. Um, and then you're bringing Rutgers into town. It's a noon kick in Ann Arbor. The atmosphere here is going to gonna be just, down. just, oh, my God. It's going to be just, like, the worst game. But this is a it, noon BTN game. Enjoy, BTN listeners. <laughs> well, it's
0: going to make me tune in for the first, you know, five to ten minutes of it because I, I am curious to see just how, you know, uh, downtrodden the the atmosphere is in this game. Um, Patterson, I guess, will come back to play quarterback because the other quarterback got uh, knocked out. Unfortunately, we hope he's doing all right. Uh, what an awful, awful matchup. Michigan favored by 27 and a half. I still think they'll cover that because this is just the kind of meaningless nothing game that Michigan wins big. Um, and then there'll they'll be lots of chatter about what a great week of practice they had and how they're, they're all focused again. Michigan, by the way, I, I had a stat about uh, Penn State, third down. Michigan was 0 for 10 on third downs against Wisconsin.
1: Hmm. Number one, Clemson at UNC, 330 ABC. Kind of a bummer game for ABC in their featured slot at 330 on the Saturday, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you know about UNC? Anything? No, well, not a, not
0: a bummer game for noted listeners Ryan Tozier, Scott Tozier, and Doc uh, Christie. They will be in Chapel Hill. This is their uh, Clemson road trip for the year.
1: It's Their first time um, going there?
0: Uh, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if this is their first time going there or not. I've been to Chapel Hill not for a game, but just the town and great it's town, such an, such an town. awesome town. Yeah. yeah, the little luster you know off the Mac Brown. Um, shine after he after he beat Miami and South Carolina to start his uh, second go around there uh, with the heels. After now that they've, they've lost to um, to App State and they took one other loss because they're two and two. Clemson twenty six and a half point favorite and Clemson just can can sleepwalk through games like this. I would be shocked if they didn't cover. Confidently, Mike. I'm pretty confident. Not it's not my lock of the week, but pretty confident.
1: Uh, we got it. so number eighteen Virginia at number ten Notre Dame, three thirty NBC. That's a fascinating game, right? Very so for fascinating. a lot of reasons. So, look, week one, Virginia beat Pitt. Okay, I don't think people necessarily thought that was going to be a, um, a UVA win.
0: A consequential win. You have
1: Notre Dame coming off an emotional loss. This game becomes becomes very suddenly interesting for a lot of reasons. For UVA, a win here would be a substantial important win. Notre Dame is probably still licking their wounds a little bit right this mm-hmm. is uh, the dynamics here are strange.
0: Yes, this could be a Bronco-Mendenhall kind of uh, era-defining win, I think, if they went in and won the game in South Bend. A very tough bounce-back spot for Notre Dame. Virginia, they were down 17-0 to Old Dominion last week. They came back and won, of course, didn't allow ODU to score any more points. That was a game in between games against Florida State and Notre Dame, so it's kind of understandable. 11.5-point spread for the Irish seems a bit high to me.
1: It's a big number, right? Yeah. Um, we got it. number 21, USC at number 17, Washington. There's a game I wouldn't touch at all from betting standpoint, because I have no idea what to make of that game,
0: right? Well, we also don't know who's playing quarterback for USC at this point. <laughs> um, but this game also on at 3.30 uh, Eastern time. Great 3.30 window uh, this week. There's about five varied intriguing games at 3.30. By the way, Huskies point. Um, favorites against USC I agree with you too I'm not I'm not going near this one
1: Indiana at number 25 Michigan State 330 BTN so I think in recent years Mike Indiana th- th- you said before of all the teams you guys have played there, there's an issue with you guys and Sparty right there's an
0: issue with us and Sparty there's an issue with us and Wisconsin
1: yeah
0: Um, it, it's the kind of the physical teams like uh, Indiana dominated UConn, but UConn is is the worst team I believe in the FBS. They are they've they've lost something like 20 straight F, against FBS opponents. Um, but yeah, that being said, the Hoosiers look good. But I just don't see how we're going to run the ball against Michigan State up there in East Lansing. I just don't see how we're going to score against them. I I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Sparty seemed to get a little bit of their shine back last week against Northwestern, so. Uh, Sparty favored by 14.5 uh, in this game. I don't have a lot of confidence uh, as a Hoosier fan in this one, but I will be watching.
1: Number five, Ohio State at Nebraska, 730 ABC. Again, I I do think there's a potential here for this being a game because Ohio State has not been challenged. And if the first quarter doesn't go according to plan for them, they've not really – they haven't had any adversity yet. So I can see this – True. Literally two or three drives don't go well. Nebraska scores early points. Nebraska crowd gets going. It could be an issue, but you're kind of like rolling the dice on that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Ohio State's favored by 17 and a half. Nebraska, you you want them to be good, you know? The, the having been to Lincoln, we I, I know the crowd is going to be ready. It's and plus I'm going to be ready. It's at 7:30 start. It's one of the only good night games. I hope it's a good close game because I will be watching. But then you start looking at Nebraska and the actual results this year. Lost to Colorado. Struggled against, <clears throat> excuse me, Southern Illinois. Struggled big time to beat Illinois last week. Uh, granted, that was on the road. I hope Nebraska can play well and keep it close. Um, but my gut is telling me I'd be surprised if that happens.
1: Kentucky at South Carolina, 7:30, the SEC Network. T- so to me, like these are two. Like I think Kentucky's good. And, the, yeah. and they, they blew an opportunity against Florida obviously right um, I think South Carolina is pretty decent and getting better this to me could be a great game and I do think this is a game where it's like 2017 or 23 16 something like that right
0: yeah the odds makers agree with you because South Carolina's a two and a half point favorite so they're they're thinking it's gonna be a close game this is the kind of game that's important if you're only only if you're a fan of Kentucky or South Carolina right Um, because it's big you you know you want to get into that middle tier uh, of the division you'll get in a much better bowl game but to do that if you're south carolina you got to beat the teams like kentucky and if you're kentucky you got to beat the teams like south carolina
1: finally pac 12 after dark we've got wazoo at number 19 utah 10 p.m fs1 so to me mike the issue here is this you have two teams coming off crushing losses
0: yes for different reasons
1: but I look at this game and I'm like, this is the kind of game that Leach wins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Because you, you've come off the loss where like you blew your season and now it's like, let's just go play. And I have my four plays. I have my playbook and we're going to <laughs> just, like, run them to, to death. And if you're Utah, they were the ones who came into the season where everyone said like, oh, this is the team that could make the college football playoff. And the last team you want to play coming off a loss that cost you your playoff spot is Washington state. I'll have a a little more to say about this in a bit. Oh no. Unfortunately that was mine too, but I'll, I'll I'll adjust (laughs) my, all right, Mike. So our picks last week were what?
0: Uh, I went with LSU and got the win to up my record to three and one. And you went with UCF and lost, and your record falls to 3-1. and one. Still nothing to be ashamed of, Tim. We're both 3-1 and one four weeks into the season.
1: I feel crushed, though. My...
0: <laughs> I feel ecstatic with my LSU pick. <laughs> All right. Bobby hit the
1: ball. Plays bets on college football.
0: Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're
1: winning, oh, sir. Oh,
0: thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't Bridget, care. Bridget. I,
1: don't, I never Bridget. have, and I never will. Yeah, right. The 50/50 possible lock, loser of the week. Please
0: hang up and try again. For this week's Lock of the Week, as you just so intelligently laid out, Tim, we are going to Salt Lake City where Washington State comes in to play Utah in a game that both teams uh, kind of appear wounded You couldn't I couldn't have said it much better myself. This is a game about psychology and you got to figure Leach's team is just going to play looser. Utah had more to lose this season. Not to mention, I don't see how anyone can slow down Washington State's offense. And I think getting five points is way too many. Even if they lose, I, I, I see a three point game around here. The numbers too Shade, uh, Shade Washington State uh, The Cougars have covered four straight meetings This one was interesting Utah has lost They failed to cover their last six against a team with a winning record So a lot of Utah's currency is built up uh, against poor teams So I'm going with Mike Leach and Washington State plus five uh, Utah uh, In Pac-12 tw- pack after dark
1: It's a great pick, Mike
0: I love it I know, I'm sorry that I stole your thunder This is uh, This is why we should maybe commiserate before the podcast
1: this is my backup pick, and I feel pretty good about it, so I think Stanford will cover minus four and a half against Oregon State
0: uh interesting, yeah, and that one's in Oregon State, I assume. yeah yeah if for pride, if for nothing else but pride, and if Stanford loses to Oregon State, then you've got some real real concerns if you're Stanford you're not going to you probably won't win another game the rest of the year. no, no. going so, with the Cardinal, I like it right
1: all right, Mike, so what's your weekend plan?
0: For the first time in a long, long time, I'm not traveling anywhere this weekend. I am going to watch copious amounts of football, starting, of course, with the Terps and the Knits on Friday night. Be out and about for the 3.30 window uh, on Saturday, because there's about six good games. And then uh, I think plan is to retire to my roof and watch the Ohio State-Nebraska game up there, while possibly enjoying a little bourbon and a cigar. Sounds lovely. Oh, I can't wait.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. What about yourself,
0: Tim? So many my parents
1: could... are visiting this weekend. Oh, all right. So they're going to come see uh, Jack's homecoming game on Friday night, and uh, they they're very excited, as you might imagine, to see uh, Joey and Leah play soccer on Saturday. They're just mm-hmm. dying to see soccer. Yeah. What uh, so?
0: What time does it does the high school game end on Friday night? Well, how much of the Penn State game will you get to see?
1: <laughs> well, I tell my mom again. We established my mother is a. Um, she loves Penn State. She's diehard. Yes. So I'm like, Mom, just so you know, like, you know, you know, Jack he's a sophomore still. He probably won't play. So like we can go up for the first hour of the game and then come home and watch Penn State. Just so you know. She was like she felt very good about that. That's so... a great
0: that's a great plan. Just <laughs> yell his name early in the first quarter so he'll turn and see you. And then just, you know, uh stealthily sneak out.
1: Right. So that's our plan for Friday night. Um see I could be a parent. I do wish that the Maryland Penn State kick was like nine o'clock. Maybe better, that, I
0: think. That, that's probably the first time I've ever heard you wish anything was an hour later.
1: Well, it's convenient for me.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> that was the most selfish wish I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> anyway, Mike, there's one thing to say. Pajas. Pajas.
0: Thank you for listening to the TCFA Podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit intelligentcollegefootball.com.